Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to 48 Hours ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Need more true crime in your life? An Audible membership can solve that. Audible is the ultimate destination for thrilling audio entertainment. As an Audible member, you could choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog. Don't miss The Serial Killer's Apprentice by Katherine Ramsland and Tracy Allman. It follows the true story of how Houston's deadliest murder turned a kid into a killer in training. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500. That's audible.com slash 48 hours or text 48 hours to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days audible.com slash 48 hours. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Megan Landowski was a 16-year-old dancer from Portsmouth, Virginia. The sweet, innocent young lady very smart, very articulate. Megan Landowski's stepfather, Christopher Short, was uh, in the U.S. Navy. He was a hospitalman first class. Megan was just a typical teenager. Megan was the bubbly girl. Megan was the silly girl. And she danced beautifully. It was beautiful to watch her on stage. When Megan was 15 years old, we noticed a change in her behavior. Her grades were dropping. And I told her, I said, if you don't start telling me why your attitude is changing, I'm going to fix it. And that's when she told me that a friend of mine I mean, a guy that I trusted like a brother was touching her. Robert Hickey was in the Navy with me. This guy was Sailor of the Year. I was shocked. I was just floored. And so he took her to the police department. I was working Special Victims Unit when I met Megan. Robert Hickey was grooming Megan. In Virginia, the age of consent is 15 years old. We couldn't do anything with him in the Commonwealth of Virginia other than a misdemeanor. And Robert Hickey took advantage of that. I had contacted NCIS because I needed their assistance because we were dealing with a Navy person. NCIS took over the investigation because the age of consent 
for the military is 16 years old. In February of 2008, we had initiated an investigation into the sexual assault of Megan Landowski. The investigation was completed in March. If Lieutenant J.G. Hickey had been found guilty, he would have stood to lose his job, uh, his security, his retirement, and he would have gone to jail. Megan was scared that he was going to hurt her. She was scared. On April 10th of 2008. I dropped her off at school that morning, told her I loved her, and she said, I love you too. I'll call you when I get home. I left work about 4 o'clock. I came home just like I always did. I walked in. And I saw Megan laying there. Yes, my daughter, she's, um, looks like she's been sick inside me and she's bleeding to death. My daughter is bleeding to um, blood all over the thing, looks like her daughter was slipped. She was sexually assaulted by um, Rob Hickey and NCIS who's doing an investigation. NCIS? Yes. I just thought, it can't be Megan. It just can't. He killed her. He killed her to keep her quiet. Robert Hickey would have been the most likely candidate at that moment, but we didn't want to make assumptions. When we received the results from the lab, it absolutely took the wind out of our sails. The NCIS mission is global. We're on aircraft carriers, we're in foreign ports. We watch after each other, we take care of each other. NCIS deal with every type of crime. Cyber, fraud, murder. Counterintelligence, counterterrorism. Every crime is a tragedy. All sisters, brothers, husbands. I feel it very personally. We live in dangerous times. And we're never going to get up. NCIS, the cases they can't forget. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Do you know if she's breathing? No. No, she's not. When I received the call of her death, I was shocked. When I got there, I couldn't really tell who it was. I just knew it was a teenage girl. I came out of the house, and that's when I saw Chris Short. And when I saw Chris, I realized that was Megan. 
on the floor. McDaniel was devastated. He, um, he took it personal. One of my victims has just been murdered. It was a very bloody and a very um, horrendous scene. Something that you just don't ever forget when you walk in there. Megan was your typical teenager. We'd have never thought anything like this would have happened to us. When I found my daughter, I called the NCIS agent and I told her, I said, the bastard killed her. And she started screaming. We knew her, we knew her family. Um, it was devastating. Megan had been stabbed in excess of 40 times. There were signs of being sexually assaulted. Lieutenant J.G. Hickey uh, needed to be questioned regarding Megan's murder. At this time, Lieutenant J.G. Hickey had not been arrested for any charges related to the sexual assault allegations. He was pending a probable cause hearing within the military justice system. He was free. He was working on base. He was going home at night. Robert Hickey was a Naval Hospital corpsman with a wife and four daughters of his own. We assembled a team to go to Lieutenant J.G. Hickey's residence to locate and detain him for questioning at Portsmouth Police Department. We took him into custody. He was very compliant. We had a team of NCIS agents searching his house for any communications between him and Megan, um, any clothing um, that could have been worn by him during the murder. There were shoe prints in Megan's blood in Megan's house. Robert Hickey had shoes that had a similar type print. He told the investigators where to find the tennis shoes so that they could be tested trying to match them to the crime scene or not. Lieutenant J.G. Hickey had provided his DNA for a comparison against any DNA profiles from the scene. We put a GPS tracker on his vehicle so that we could see where he was going to and what he was doing. Now we're going to go look after his alibi. He said that um, he had been at work. We interviewed everyone that he worked with. We also pulled video from the gates of Naval Station Norfolk to review to see if his vehicle was seen leaving the base during those time frames. They even went to the point of driving from his office to Megan's house. They drove it with the traffic of the day, uh, trying to match everything to the, the time frame it would actually take for Robert Hickey to go from the base to her house and then back to the base. The timing of that drive would steer the course of the investigation in a new direction. We started having doubts that he committed the murder because we really didn't feel that he would have had enough time to get from Naval Station Norfolk during that time frame and kill her and be able to get back through the tunnels, change, and get back to work. The case continued to unravel when Hickey's shoe prints turned out not to match those found at the crime scene. Everything hinged on the results of his DNA. 
The forensic lab called, said the lab report was in, but it wasn't Robert Hickey. NCIS and Portsmouth police cleared Hickey, as there was no evidence linking him to Megan Landowski's murder. The sexual assault case was closed after Megan's death, and Hickey was later given an other-than-honorable discharge from the Navy. 48 Hours contacted Robert Hickey, but he had no comment. A candlelight vigil was held the day after Megan's murder outside of her home. We had agents there taking video and audio of the uh, candlelight vigil in hopes that we would find someone who might be suspicious. NCIS deployed some unique technology to try and trap their killer. Our technical services division had built a granite uh, grave marker to be dedicated um, with the planting of a tree in Portsmouth. This grave marker had both audio and video capabilities. We placed this marker in hopes that the suspect would go to the memorial. While NCIS combed through the vigil and grave marker video for leads, NCIS forensic techs came up with another idea. There was a blood sample from an unknown male found in the crime scene. It was suggested by our Office of Forensic Support that we take a swab from the storm door handle um, and send to a lab for biogeographical ancestry analysis. There was a lab in Florida that had improved their uh, DNA capabilities to the point that they were able to determine what race the person was. We had not done this type of analysis before. The results came back that the donor of the sample would uh, self-identify as African-American. It completely changed the course of the investigation. In July, my son was born, so I went out on maternity leave. And it was at that point that Special Agent Bill Martin um, came into the investigation. When I spoke to Megan's father, found out that she was involved with a youth center at the, at the Navy shipyard. There was a counselor at a youth center for the military. He was close to Megan. He was a uh, African-American male. And he'd had direct contact with one of her counselors. She talked to him all the time. And it was believed that there was a possibility he wanted more out of a relationship with Megan because of the way he acted around the family. His DNA profile we didn't have. He refused to give us a sample. He said he would rather go down to the police station, but he didn't show up at the, at the appointment. He did everything to try to evade being questioned or talked to. He was given every indicator that he had something to hide. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 
That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There weren't too many rocks that we didn't turn over in this case. This one was a real whodunit. The counselor at the youth center wasn't being cooperative. He didn't want to give us a sample of his DNA. We got a covert sample from him. Gone to the youth center one day. Uh, we identified his vehicle. The Portsmouth Police Department took a swab off the door handle of the vehicle. Uh, the DNA sample, when we submitted it, it came back negative. It did not match the DNA from Landowski's residence. It was another dead end. Five months had passed since the murder of Megan Landowski. There's a rule of thumb in homicide investigation that once you pass 48 hours past the, the murder, uh, the case is going to get that much more difficult to solve. It was incredibly frustrating. This case consumed us. The next break in the case came from an unlikely source. September of 2008, we had a memorial walk for Megan for her birthday. And during that walk, Megan's old bus driver came up to one of the detectives and said, you guys need to look at Robert Barnes. He rides my bus, and he and Megan would flirt back and forth together. And I think you really need to look at this kid. Robert Barnes' name was nowhere in our list of people to look at because he went to church in high school. Megan went to Woodrow Wilson High School. At Churchill High School, she was accepted into the program for gifted and talented students. She was only in this program for a year. Robert Barnes was a 16-year-old junior at the time. So they were both in the performing arts program. He played the violin in the orchestra, and she was a dancer. Robert Barnes would come over two or three times a week to catch the bus with Megan. They didn't hang out together, anything like that. It was just friends. I thought to myself, he's harmless. I went to interview the bus driver at Churchland High School, and then I went into the school, and I met Robert Barnes for the first time. He's smiling, he's very polite, well-spoken, very intelligent young man. I said, Robert, will you give us a DNA sample? He said, I'll have to talk to my mother. And Robert called me the following day. And he said, hey, I got some more information. Can you meet me? So when I met up, when Robert came to the office that I was in, he was chewing bubble gum. And I said, hey, did you talk to your mom last night about giving me a DNA sample? And he says that he hadn't talked to her, but you can have the gum that I have in my mouth. I took the gum and gave it to forensics, and then we sent the whole package to the forensic lab for DNA sample. I get a phone call. Okay, well, you need to call the tech. There's a problem with the sample. The DNA was from a female. It wasn't from a male. This kid switched the gum on me. That got our attention very, very quickly. So the following day, I went to the school and I asked Robert, would he come with me 
to do an interview. As we're walking out to my car, Robert takes his hands and slides it up into the sleeve of his shirt and opens the door with the sleeve of his jacket that he had on so that he couldn't, he didn't touch the door. Robert was using forensic countermeasures to try to prevent us from getting a DNA sample off the door of the car. Robert Barnes was now the prime suspect, and at that point, NCIS agent Dana Shutt had returned from maternity leave. I will never forget on October 23rd, I was notified by Portsmouth detectives that um, Robert Barnes was going to Portsmouth Police Department for questioning and Megan's death. At the time, I was in training at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Georgia. I immediately got in my car and drove the eight and a half hours to Portsmouth. He started telling the story that he was supposed to go there because he had seen Megan the Saturday before and she asked him to come by. And that he went there and he knocked on the door. Barnes says she didn't answer. But then I'm like, well, I'll just go ahead and go through the window. And then he told the police a wild tale. And when I got up from there, just boom, she was sitting on the bed and the guy was sitting right there. I don't even know who he was, you know. Barnes told McDaniel there was a masked man sitting in Megan's room, holding her at gunpoint. He told me to tie her up, and she was just saying, you know, don't do it, don't do it. Just don't Barnes do it. claimed the masked man forced him to rape Megan and then to stab her. Nobody believed the story. Very unlikely to ever happen that way. So Sergeant McDaniel brought Barnes back to reality, asking him about that bloody footprint. Did you recognize that footprint? Yeah, let me see because it might be for my uh, Nikes. Yeah, I think that's me going out the door. The detectives are floored. All right, Robert, I'm going to tell you something straight up, okay? Everything ties you to this yeah, place. I know. Nothing ties anybody up. There's no footprints. There's no other DNA in the house. Everything ties you to this. Okay, 100%. All right. Robert Barnes's mother, who was present for the questioning, jumped in. Guy, hold on one minute. Is he under arrest? That's all I want to know. Is he under arrest right now? Well, I mean, that's... Is he under arrest? That's all I want to know. Don't say nothing else. Because, I mean, what can I do? Excuse me, I'm going to interrupt you. Uh-huh. Excuse me. Robert, I'm going to take the phone call. I'm the lead investigator in this case, okay? Right. Just going to let you know that you are under arrest for uh, murder of Megan Lewandowski. Okay. Man, that answers your question. I was sitting at my desk at one o'clock in the afternoon. One of the detectives called me and he's like, we got him. Are you sure it's him? Yes, I'm, I'm positive. So I called Chris and I said, I'm, I'm on my way home. I couldn't even think at that point. After he was under arrest, we got a search warrant and got DNA sample from him. In approximately eight hours, we had the results, and it was a match. We were um, elated. But at the end of the day, we still didn't have Megan. We believe that Robert went there to have sex with Megan. We believe that the sexual assault was part of the plan. Perhaps he felt rejected by her. Maybe she didn't like his advances. 
and so he killed her. In court, Barnes gave no motive but admitted to sexually assaulting and murdering Megan. We opted for a plea deal. We did not want to face trial because we didn't want to see pictures. But Megan's parents did have to face Robert Barnes at his sentencing. They called me to the witness stand and I looked right at him and I told him, I said, Robert, she thought of you as her brother and she loved you as a brother, but yet you took her life. You have to live with that for the rest of your life. And I hope you see her every day. Robert Barnes was sentenced to 42 years in prison. Had he been tried as an adult, um, we would have requested life. Robert Barnes' earliest possible release date is in 2045. He would be 53 years old. The Portsmouth Police Department and NCIS, when you say they left no stone unturned, they left no stone unturned. If it wasn't for them, I don't know if we could have handled what happened to Megan. It felt like somebody put a warm blanket around us for security. It's a good picture of them. Yeah. I think about uh, Megan and her family um, all the time. What I'm most proud of uh, with regards to this investigation is the sheer determination of all of the agents and detectives and officers involved um, in finding Megan's killer. This crime was solved because of hard work from both Portsmouth Police Department and NCIS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In September of 1992, there was a body found in Lake O'Neill, which is located on Camp Pendleton, California. The victim was found by a Marine passing by with his son that was fishing that morning and called military police. They did some forensics. They did some canvassing of the area to try to develop a logical suspect, but the case went cold. 
to treat a person like she's been treated was totally a violation and it is disturbing. The victim, she was a mother, she was a daughter, she was a friend. She was somebody, she was someone who was important to them. Dwayne Swear's life revolves around NCIS. He spent 22 years as a special agent, but these days... All right, here we go. Nice and quiet, people. He's in a different reality. I'm a technical advisor for NCS New Orleans, and my job and responsibility is to give realism as best as possible to the television show. You know, you see a lot of moving parts here, and we're all a big family. We all have a good time and work hard and play hard, but in the real world, doing the cases that we do, it's pretty intense. Actor Scott Bakula's character on NCIS New Orleans. Best way to find out who all was on board is to test that blood. Dwayne Pride is loosely based on Dwayne Swear. You talking about that case you've been working on? Uh, yes, sir. Yes. What's going on with that? What's unique about cold cases, time is your ally. Yeah. Because relationships change. You know, personalities get, you know, changed. Most people want to do the right thing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. We're just here to help. And the case of the young woman found near Camp Pendleton will always be with him. I was sitting in my living room one night, and all of a sudden I started tearing up, thinking about the whole case. It was determined that more than likely she died off base and her body was dumped onto the lake. There was indications of drag marks. There were some tire marks, but there were nothing that was identifiable. As the years passed and the homicide file went through different jurisdictions, then NCIS agent Dwayne Swear gave the case a nickname, Operation Jambalaya. Operation Jambalaya was a concept. You have local, state, federal entities working together, mixed together to put this one great dish together to have solved this mystery. I'm a New Orleans guy, born and bred. Swear knows his jambalaya. A hometown dish made with a little of this and a little of that, much like this case. The first step was learning the identity of the victim. And they were able to identify her as Marilyn Allen from her fingerprints. They did some forensics. They did some canvassing of the area to try to develop a logical suspect. But the case went cold. Agents were able to develop a snapshot of the victim. Marilyn Yvette Allen was originally from Ohio, but over time, she'd become estranged from her husband and children and had started her life anew in the San Diego area. So you don't have anybody looking for her. You really have nothing to sink your teeth into. It just stays unresolved. It was really a no-hoper, so to speak. There was no movement on the case for five years, but then a woman came forward in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with a story that would change everything. Even today, it's painful for her to revisit that moment in time. I'm sorry, I, have, I can't even tell you the last time I've ever said his name, and I don't know why it's so hard. <sighs> Shanice Etienne's story begins when she was in her early 20s and a college student, and out on a terrific first date with a handsome former Marine. He surprised me with a teddy bear and some gifts for Valentine's Day, and I thought that was really sweet. Her new sweetheart was Roosevelt Gibson, who had left the Marine Corps so he could return to the Baton Rouge area to be near his family. There, he found work as a maintenance man at a riverboat casino. 
Gibson told Shanice of his time in the Marines and hinted that there were some dark days. He said, I'm not proud of everything that I did while I was in the Corps. And I said, well, I understand that. You know, no one's proud of everything that they've ever done. You know, everyone's got something. So, you know, don't beat yourself up. And he says, no, you don't understand. This is really bad. Shanice was about to find out how bad. Just weeks into her new romance with former Marine Roosevelt Gibson, he began sharing with Shanice some very disturbing details. He eventually proceeds to tell me a story about how he had killed a woman and what he did with her body and so forth. And I mean, I didn't know whether to believe him at first because why would someone who you don't know very well open up and confess something like that? But soon... Shanice became convinced Gibson was telling the gruesome truth. He told me that he had strangled a woman. And then things suddenly got very scary. When on one date in the middle of an argument, it looked like the same thing might happen to her. The moment that I realized that was when he had his hand around my throat, threatening to do the exact same thing to me that he had done to this woman. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I saw his darker side a week after he told me what he did to this woman. I found myself sitting in my car with him, with his hand around my throat, him slamming my head against the side of, of my car, and he had me by the throat. And he says, you see this finger right here? And he moved his finger like that. He said, I could just move that finger in a certain way and you'd be dead in 30 seconds. She went to the police, revealing the horrific and crucial details that her boyfriend Gibson had shared about the woman he had killed. He told me that he took her body onto the base because he didn't know, you know, what else to do. And he disposed of her body in a lake on Camp Pendleton. Police contacted NCIS in San Diego. They were certain that this had to be about the Marilyn Allen case. And with the details Gibson had told Shanice, all signs pointed to him as her killer. Everything fell into place. 
But with no witnesses and no DNA evidence, Agent Swear had a big problem. So the only way we're going to solve this, if Gibson would admit culpability, the only way you're going to do that is to put an undercover agent uh, against him and see if he'll talk about it. With the odds against him, he needed just the right player. I had to find me a Marine. Because there's a bond there between Marines. Just like in law enforcement, there's a bond between Marines. I have a very close friend. And he's at that time was a lieutenant with the New Orleans Police Department. And it's uh, Jeff Wynn, who also is a gunnery sergeant with the Marine Corps Reserves. And uh, we were sitting there talking and talking and talking. And uh, I'm looking at my undercover agent. At that point, we cut the conversation off because I told him absolutely not. You know, there was no way I was going to do it. But this is a challenge. We going after a murderer. So I basically pitched him and said, man, this could be us. And we can solve this thing. We can solve it together. You know, Dwayne is very persistent. He continued on and he continued on. So I made the fatal mistake of saying I would think about it. And that was pretty much it. When went undercover. You need to go to Home Depot and find out what a Phillips screwdriver is, buddy, because you're going to be a maintenance guy. What I actually had to do was I had to make him think that he and I were both very much alike. I let him know that I was going through a bad divorce, which I wasn't. I let him know that uh, I had child custody issues. I let him know that I really hated my ex-wife, which I didn't have one. Um, but we also talked about uh, violent situations, being involved in gunfights and killing and things like that, to almost a, a criminal behavior. I was wearing a wire the entire time, and I was recording the conversation. Let me tell you something. It's a whole different story, standing there and looking in the eye. You stand there eye to eye, man to man, with another that's got a gun. That's okay. We, we all committed great sin, Wynn was bonding with Gibson, Marine to Marine. I think what happened was everything inside me, like my childhood, stuff like that, I think I got the best The stakes were rising. How was he going to prove Gibson was the killer? Little did I know it was going to be probably my most challenging undercover operation. In their conversations during breaks at work, Wynn sensed he was winning Gibson's trust. I'll tell you one thing. Something happened to me in California. It wasn't planned or anything like that. It's just something that sort of happened. He told me that he had picked up a prostitute. She tried to rip him off, and he was infuriated by the fact that she would try to, to do that to him. The woman was Marilyn Allen who had fallen on hard times. She didn't do what she was supposed to do. So she kept raising such a big commotion about it. He didn't back off at all. I mean, once I hit like the third or fourth button, man, he just, he went all out. I squeezed and I squeezed and I squeezed. And when I first started squeezing, she reached up, she kicked my windshield. She cracked the windshield. That's just how hard she kicked it. He kept looking at his hands as if her neck was still there. And he just continued on until he told me the, the whole situation. And I grabbed her by the back of my head and I was boom! Right up in there for a crack dashboard. There was a lot of anger in his voice, you know, as if he wasn't finished with the situation. It was almost like he relived the entire thing. 
I didn't think about it at the time, but she really pissed me off. I remember hoping that he wouldn't ask me a question or whatnot because I wasn't sure if I could speak. When he talked about dumping the body in Lake O'Neill, I've been to Lake O'Neill, seen all of the crime scene photos. I knew that he was telling me the truth. Wynn had the goods on Gibson, and in February of 2000, Roosevelt Gibson was arrested and charged with the murder of Marilyn Allen. Special agents say for eight years, former Marine Roosevelt Gibson II had gotten away with murder. Please say you murdered someone back in 1992. And NCIS agent Dwayne Swear was there. We knew we had him. It was done. We caught the murderer. Actually, time is our ally. There is no hurry to doing these things because it's a very uh, methodical, uh, in-depth investigation. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gibson was sent back to San Diego to be tried for first-degree murder. Assistant District Attorney Mike Still knew he had a tough case to prove. We didn't have any physical evidence. We didn't have the car. We didn't have any eyewitnesses. That proved to be a problem. The jury convicted Gibson, not of murder, but of manslaughter. I don't know how the jury came to the decision that they came to. I think it was... Well, you know, without a doubt, a murder. Disappointed? Yes. Gibson was sentenced to 11 years, but was released after only five and is now a free man. Roosevelt's a dangerous individual. I think Roosevelt truly enjoys hurting people. That undercover, it was a push for me, Dwayne. I've worked undercover before. But I don't think I ever worked in undercover where I had to really step outside of myself and I had to become something that I didn't want to be. That aspect of it was kind of hard for me. But both Swear and Wynn know who the real hero is. If it's not for her making that phone call, 
None of this goes down. Nope. None of it happens. She is a hero to a lot of people. Hey, girl. <laughs> Been quite a while. Good to see you. She was very brave uh, to come forward because a lot of domestic violence victims do not come forward. I wasn't trying to be anybody's hero. I was just trying to save my life from an abusive person. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the 48 Hours podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. Take true crime with you on your shirt, mug, or hat with official 48 Hours merchandise at paramountshop.com. You can take 20% off with code HOURS20. That's 20% off at checkout on all 48 Hours products with code HOURS20 at paramountshop.com.